Opening statements are set to begin Monday in the murder trial of Billy Shamirmir. Shamirmir is accused of killing at least 18 elderly women in Texas between 2016 and 2018. The trial is focusing on the murder of 81-year-old Lucy Harris, who was killed in her home. Shamir Mir is accused of smothering most of his victims then stealing their jewelry. He focused heavily on retirement communities, like the tradition Prestonwood, where multiple people were killed. While the death penalty has been removed from the table, the prosecution is hoping for at least two life sentences. everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my co-anchor, sister, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. Yes. How's it going? You know, it's going really well. I'm a little blown away. It's already Monday. I feel like the weekend kind of blew by. Agreed. Uh but you know, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready for this case. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually ready for this trial. Right. So tonight or today we're going to talk about the murder trial uh for Billy Shamir Mir. Now you guys uh might remember we covered him over the summer, but the trial is starting tomorrow. Uh jury selection has already happened tomorrow. Or not t- today, sorry. This is our Monday case. You know, we're recording Sunday night. <laughs> but, <laughs> we're getting all confused. screwed up already. <laughs> uh, so today, Monday, uh, opening uh, statements are set to begin. Uh, and there's some interest, uh, that there's some chaos that's already happened around that. But the jury's already yeah. been selected. It, you know, the judge is making orders. Things are rolling. And this is quite the... Uh, this is quite the situation that's going on here with Billy Shamirmir. So we're going to recap for you what he is accused of doing, and then we'll talk a little bit about the trial. And then we'll be back all week long to bring some updates. We are not going to live stream his whole trial because, honestly, it's just too much. But we will stream some of it. Uh, we'll definitely stream what we can of the sentencing, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. And there's just bound to be some uh, some trouble going on here, and we'll be here for it. But at any oh, for rate, sure. we'll definitely so, be doing some updates. Yeah. <laughs> so the first bit of chaos that happened is that on Friday, uh, Billy's Billy Shamirmir's uh, attorney was arrested for soliciting a prostitute, as you do. I guess he was. Um, <laughs> In another part of Texas, in another death penalty case. Yeah. When this occurred. And apparently he's bonded out and they're going to hold off on moving forward with that case at all until the Shamirmer trial is over. Yeah. Yep. So that is, yeah, that's going on. So... <laughs> Well, that's the way to start a start a yep. criminal, you know, get criminal trial off with a bang is your attorney get arrested. Right. 
But the judge said the kid, the show goes on. You have colleagues that can take over for you. So we're moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's good because this case has been waiting to be tried for two years now already. Right. I mean, he was arrested in 2018. So it's, it's yeah. high time. And the families of the victims are so here for it. They're really ready to get moving. They don't want to yeah. wait any further. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's back up and talk about his crimes because he, this is, you know, before we do that, we kind of need to do a commercial. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're being told there's a lot of feedback on I know. TikTok. I'm not sure where it's coming from. I don't know. Did it happen when I took a drink? I wonder because my TikTok mic is a little bit low. I wonder if that was me. Hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't hear it. So. Yeah, I'm not hearing it either. I'm not sure what to say about that. That might be something we have to go back later and try to try to try or uh, to work on. I'm not sure. Yeah, we just got to keep on, keep on keeping on here and keep trying. This is just our first shot at, we would like to live stream some of these cases as we record them. So yeah, it's just yeah, about but, technology. <laughs> yeah. But Clarissa, if you noticed, if that was when I, I drank, I'm wondering if it was, if I kind of bumped the mic and messed stuff up. Anyway, oh, we appreciate oh. your feedback a lot. It helps us a lot. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, yeah. So we do need a word from our sponsor. So support mm -hmm. for true crime paranormal is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below the waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped has just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0. Make sure your man joins the 2 million men worldwide who have already trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code TRUECRIMEPARANORMAL at manscaped.com. Have you ever waxed your balls? Well, <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but I heard a terrifying story recently. Some poor sod went into a waxing parlor to have his boys waxed. The wax stuck to his skin and tore a hole in his downstairs that took 12 stitches to close. Oof. Yikes. Wouldn't it be so much easier to just use the lawnmower 4.0? <laughs> I think so. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TrueCrimeParanormal at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TRUECRIMEPARANORMAL. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. Also, no stitches involved. <laughs> so there you go. That's our sponsor. All righty. Well, we're talking about the uh, upcoming uh, trial of Billy Shamirmir. The opening uh, statements start today. This is our Monday case. And so let's talk a little bit about Billy Shamirmir and what he's being charged with. So yeah. he's being charged with murders that uh, scoped from 2016 to 2018 in Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, Shamirmir was quite the opportunist. His crimes mm -hmm. 
began uh, initially, they began in a retirement community that was supposed to be a really uh, high-end, posh place. So, you know, essentially he was uh, going into uh, these places and preying on rich elderly women. And yes. we're talking really elderly. Most of his uh, patients or his victims were in their 80s and 90s. Yeah. Well, easy, easy to to kill old, old women like that and make it look um, like it was, um, you know, like it was just natural causes. And he got away with that for quite yeah. a while. Creep. Yeah. It wasn't just him that got away with it, though. It's really troubling really troubling to mm. me, the uh, tradition Prestonwood uh, retirement community. Yeah. Where a lot of this was going on. And it's really bothersome to me because multiple victims were killed in 2016 in yeah. the tradition Prestonwood. And most of them were on the fourth floor. And the story was the same every time. They appeared yeah. to have died of natural causes, but a good deal of their jewelry was stolen. We're talking about eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars worth of jewelry, or yeah, more. significant jewelry and jewelry worth significant amounts of money. Mm -hmm. And they were not the tradition. Uh, Prestwood staff were not forthcoming with authorities about the fact that this was happening at the facility, that there was more than one case. So every yeah. time it happened, there was a police report. The police yeah. were coming. They were taking a look. The coroner was looking at these bodies and saying, well, I mean, she was 90 years old, you know, old age, you know, was typically uh, or something along those lines was assigned to the death certificates. And where was the jewelry? Well, good question. I mean, a lot of people, if you go to uh, the tradition Prestonwood on Google and read their uh, reviews, lots of people were pretty, uh, are pretty turned off by these fools and have said, yeah. you know, that <laughs> my parent died here or my friend's parent died here and that their stuff was stolen. Like, this is something that was happening but they weren't addressing it with the police properly. And so Shamir Mir got away with a lot of what he did there because they were yeah. covering their own asses. They weren't taking care of their, their residents. Exactly. Well, you know, um, they were supposed, they, they were supposed to have like world renowned security. And yeah. it turns out they didn't even have cameras in the hallways. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so weird. Mm -hmm. And then, the, you know, they're supposed to be locked, super protected, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it turns out that he got in through an unlocked garage. Yeah. Yep. He was dressed nicely and he was uh, knocking on doors and telling residents that he was with maintenance and was there to check the pipes. Yeah. And so many of them, how would they know? Mm -hmm. You know, they were just very vulnerable in these situations. How are they supposed to know who mm -hmm. worked there and who didn't work there? 
Well, they assumed that if they had made it into the building that they worked there. Right. But uh, well, security was really it's lax. It's so ridiculous that he was sneaking around, um, like, pretending to work there. No one noticed. Yeah. Super weird. But super weird. Yeah. Well, it's just unbelievable. Well, in 2017, uh, on the day before Christmas Eve, a resident named Doris Wasserman, she was 90 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see, Christy, they cannot hear you again for some reason. And I don't know why. I can hear myself coming through this headset. Hmm. So I'm not sure. I don't know what to do about that. Well, let me tell you about Doris Wasserman. So Doris, uh, her family had been there in the afternoon and they left at around 3.30. They came back to check on her about eight o'clock. And when they did, uh, she was laying on her bed, uh, fully clothed, uh, deceased. And there were some weird things about it that uh, they had no, uh, her walker was next to the front door. Well, Doris couldn't get around at all without her walker. So how was it next to the front door? And she was in her bed. $8,500 worth of jewelry was missing. So there were some physical signs that pointed to a number of possible causes of death, including strangulation or suffocation. But the Dallas police came and they checked her out and they found no evidence of foul play, which I don't understand why they kept finding no evidence of foul play when there was always a significant theft. Right. Right. How it was just a coincidence that this elderly person died of natural causes at the same time that someone stole from them. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. It just, this is, you know, how often do we see these cases that, uh, are just so easily brushed off as whatever, you know? I mean, it it just, it's very maddening to me that because these women were super old, they went, well, they were old and they died. And that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think there's also the element of, well, they were elderly. Maybe they forgot what they did with their jewelry. Maybe they gave Mm -hmm. it away or it didn't really exist or. Right. And, you know, an, an elderly woman would not be hard to suffocate. I don't mean to be macabre about it, but really right. it's not going to take a lot of strength to hold somebody down in that situation. And so there's not going to be a lot of physical evidence mm-hmm. of a suffocation because because it's pretty clear that that's what he was doing is he was putting a pillow over their faces and suffocating yeah. them. Yeah. But it's... Okay. Yeah. Uh, just were, you know, it's possible that then the police were just, um, you know, not really believing the theft part and looking at this yeah. as the natural causes. That, that's all I can figure is that that's what happened, you know, but we're talking about at least 18 times up to 24 times. I mean, this is not just right. one time and multiple mm-hmm. uh, events that happened at the same facility. So, yes. did Right. Uh, they think. Now it could be nine at that same facility. Yeah. So we're some serious I mean, balls dropped. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Yeah. 
Come on, man. But uh, so frustrating. But in her case, so that was in 2017. And in 2019, the police reached back out to them and said that Google tracking data had put Shamir Mir in the area of her apartment from 3.05 to 4.31 p.m. that day. And they changed the cause of death on her birth certificate. And this is something else that's kind of interesting about her death certificate. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Not even. Uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) Something that's kind of interesting about this case is that because of the way this case has been handled, because they had to go back after they finally caught Shamir Mir and look at so many uh, suspicious or unattended deaths in the area of the elderly that they started changing people's death certificates without letting their next of kin know. And so because of that, now there's a bill that is coming through Congress in Texas to make it law that if uh, any portion of the death certificate is altered from its original status, that the next of kin has to be uh, alerted. I mean, can you imagine having losing one of your parents and then years down the road discovering that their death certificate was changed to homicide and you didn't even know that? No. What in the actual hell is going on in Texas? I would then myself be homicidal. Right? They went through, they reviewed the deaths of 750 elderly women. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, what, it, it's a huge underca- undertaking. Yeah. 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 So as we know, he was breaking into these facilities and pretending to be uh, some kind of a worker. And that's how he was getting, you know, through into apartments. So we know this. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, after he had been you know, killing people in that same facility for more than a year, they finally, close to two years, they finally called the police and said, there's a weird guy here hanging out on the fourth floor. We don't know who he is. And so mm-hmm. they finally ran him out of there, but they didn't charge him. No, he was trespassed or something, wasn't he, from the Uh property? Like, you're being weird, don't come back. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, okay. (laughs) But, you know, the damage was done at that point. Yeah, totally. But that was all that happened. They didn't keep an eye on Shamir Mir. They didn't. That was it. So he moved on. He hit a few different uh, retirement communities. And he was occasionally hitting somebody's home. So tell us a little bit about the 91-year-old that he hit that he didn't kill. Right. Okay. So this is really the crux of the whole thing here. Mm -hmm. Um, This is really how he got caught in the first place. So let's talk about this case. Give me one second because I lost my notes. Okay. So this is 93-year-old Mary Bartell. So um, her neighbors found her unconscious. She was laying on her apartment floor. She was in the Preston Place retirement community. Mm -hmm. Um, So they called the police, you know, they revived her. They called the police. She told the police she was attacked by an intruder. Mm -hmm. 
police linked a suspicious vehicle on the premises. So somebody had been, there was this um, Nissan Altima, it was silver, and it was, um, somebody had written down the license plate of it because it just didn't seem like it was from, it was a car that belonged to anybody visiting, you know, like Mm -hmm. they just didn't, it seemed like it shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. So when the police were out questioning neighbors, the neighbor was like, hey, we saw this car. Well, they had the license plate number. Well, guess whose car it was? Billy Schmiermir. Yeah. And when police did actually go and arrest Billy Schmiermir, they watched him throw a jewelry box into a dumpster. Right. They were staking out his apartment. Yeah. He threw away, unfortunately, uh, the jewelry box of his last victim in the dumpster of his apartment. And they did um, arrest him there. Right. But but this is what really sucks about that. So they had been staking out his apartment all day. This was the day after the event at the uh, the other retirement community. Yeah. Well, while they were staking out his apartment, he was out killing somebody. Yeah. It's just astonishing. So Lucy, I don't know why they weren't following him rather than just staking out his apartment. But. Right. My God. So 81-year-old Lucy Harris, and that's who the bulk of this trial is going to focus on. Right. He picked up on her at Walmart. And uh, the prosecution has video from Walmart of him stalking her in Walmart uh, that they will be uh, introducing into evidence. And so he stalked her at Walmart and followed her to her house and suffocated her and stole her jewelry and came home. And that's when the police finally grabbed him. Now, our heroine of the story, you know, that uh, was suffocated by him but didn't die, has died Mm. now. However, I mean, she was 91. Uh, However, they did uh, put her through a series of depositions. 93. They put her through a series of depositions before she passed, and those are admissible in court. And so that's going to be a a key piece of evidence for the prosecution, you know, because unfortunately, the facilities in question, a lot of them have no video evidence of this guy. Astonishingly. Because they were supposed to have all this fantastic security that they didn't freaking have. They were just Mm -hmm. working people out of their money. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that just makes me. I mean, if it wasn't for brave Mary Bartell, who managed to survive at 93 Mm -hmm. years old being attacked and Mm -hmm. suffocated, he'd probably still be killing. Well, apparently, because nobody was valuing the lives of these seniors enough to dig into why so many of them were dying and all of their jewelry was disappearing. Right. It's so incompetent. It just, I'm so frustrated by the negligence of the facilities as well as the incompetence of the investigations like all of it this is so unnecessary but if he is convicted even well he will be but i mean even if he's let's not say that when he's convicted uh he will be one of the most prolific serial killers in texas history yeah 
Well, and they're only trying to convict him of two of the murders. Mm -hmm. That will give him two life sentences. Mm -hmm. He will never be eligible for parole and he will never set foot outside of Texas prison. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're not seeking the death death penalty. penalty. Yeah, no, they pulled it off the table earlier in the summer, which is kind of interesting because Texas is pretty bloodthirsty when it comes to the death penalty. And this is a case of like mass serial killing and we're not going for it. You know, I, I honestly think it is a smart ploy on the part of the prosecution. I don't think they can prove this case to the level. I think they're going to struggle to prove it to first degree murder. They have a lot of um, circumstantial evidence, Mm -hmm. but other than Mary Bartell's testimony, they don't have any, the victims are all dead. They don't have anybody that actually witnessed him doing this. We don't know that they have any physical evidence of him. Um, Maybe they do in Mary Bartell's attack and hopefully in Harris's murder because they were so recent, Mm -hmm. but that really the the evidence was just not there. Mm -hmm. I I think you're totally right. I think they're just not going to risk not getting him convicted because Mm -hmm. they just want him to stay in prison for life. Yeah. at this point. Agreed. Agreed. So what questions do you have going into the trial? Well, I want to know, um, I'm very curious about what the defense is. I mean, is the uh-huh. defense just going to try to tear apart the circumstantial evidence? I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, he, he, um, Shamir Mir is maintaining his innocence hundred mm-hmm. percent. He has given no interviews. He has spoken publicly in no way. Mm-hmm. We know almost nothing about this guy at this point. So I'm yeah. curious what we may learn about him, may or may not. He's been really quiet him. and pretty elusive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He really has. Um, so those are the things I'm most concerned, most questioning. You know, I feel like we have a pretty clear picture now of what he did. And obviously it was financially motivated. Yeah. I do have a question. I, I, I guess he's, he killed them all because they were witnesses. I mean, why did he murder them? You can rob old people without killing them. So why did he kill them? Is there another element to this? You know, did he, was, was he, you know, getting off on murdering these old women? I mean, there's, there's a question there. Right. Cause not all serial killers steal. In fact, a lot of them don't. Right. They, they kill. That's their jam, not necessarily theft. But he was. But doing there's both. a motivation behind their killing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And not very many serial killers. There have been a few that were robbing their victims. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting combo just from a looking at the profile of this person point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. That's interesting. I uh, I have a question about. Where was all the jewelry going? Yes, I do wonder that too. Was where was it sold? It? Yeah, where was it sold? Was it a trophy that he was holding on to? I'm assuming not. I'm guessing he was living on it. Uh, you know, he didn't appear to have a job otherwise, you know. Not that this was a job. That's an awful thing to say. But, you know, <laughs> I, it, it seems like he was feeling to live on, you know, as well. But... Uh, it does, be, yes. especially because I mean, at one point he... Story off of him. 
Right, right. Well, and at one point he actually had a gap of about a year where he mm-hmm. didn't, well, that we know of that he that didn't kill anybody. Of. Is that because he was living off the money he got from the jewelry? And how was he selling that jewelry without bringing attention to himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of questions here. Yeah, And I'm hoping we're going to get at least some of them answered because Mm -hmm. honestly, there's so little known about him. You know, we know he's from Kenya. We know he's Mm -hmm. um, a permanent resident in the United States. Mm -hmm. Which is something that had been incorrectly reported at one point. uh, That there was at one point, uh, a lot of stations were reporting that he was the immigration, you know, was involved and, you know, that he wasn't a citizen of the U.S., but that's not true. He is a permanent no. citizen of the U.S. He is from. Well, Kenya. he's a permanent. He's a permanent resident. Resident. Yeah. yeah. So he does have residency. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that he's had a DUI in the past. We mm-hmm. also know that he had an assault charge against a girlfriend in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly minor things, you know. Right. Um, you know, well, we I don't mean, know. Not serial killing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in comparison to these charges, um, we know that his father uh, was actually the chief of the village that he's from. Mm -hmm. But but that's about all we know. Like, we don't know hardly anything about his family, Mm -hmm. what his relationship status is now. Why? You know, I don't know. There's always that why that maybe we never get a clear answer for in someone who's a serial killer. I also would like to know. If at any point he lived somewhere else and was traveling around, it is possible that these aren't his only victims. I think it's very possible. I People have a lot of reasons to not trust nursing homes, elder care facilities. And my God, this is why, you know. And so, yeah, right. I think that uh, obviously we have facilities here where, who are brushing these deaths under the rug that were not yeah. forthcoming with the police about the situations behind them about all of the theft you know there was a lot happening here that uh, didn't tie all the pieces together from multiple facilities so I think it's very possible that this happened in more than one place and maybe we just don't know however I think it's really interesting that in the case of uh, the 19th victim right in the case Mm -hmm. of uh, Wasserman that uh, they what did they tell the uh, family? That Google tracking data put him in the area. And that's why they reopened mm-hmm. her case. How much more of that are we going to see? You know, yes. I mean, just from all of the work we've done on the Daybell Vallow case and watching right. them literally find the exact location of the burial site of J.J. Vallow by looking at mm-hmm. Alex's pings, we know that they are using this technology to be able to, I mean, pinpoint down to an area of the yard where somebody was. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting. And I think that'll be some things we see in court that'll be uh, pretty damning, but very interesting to see. It will. It will. Yeah. There's a lot of digital stuff. My, my only concern is that, is there any actual physical evidence that he committed any of these crimes? DNA. Well, that's Fibers, why fingerprints. It's why they're focusing on Luthie Harris, though, because mm-hmm. all of the other crime scenes have been destroyed a long time ago. You know, right? Except for right. Luthie Harris, the police found her. They watched him throw right. that jewelry box away. It was 
it had her name on it. They were able to track it back to her home. They found her deceased. They wow. had a fresh crime scene. That's why they're, you know, focusing on this one. And I think that, uh, at least in this case, they will get a conviction that they do have enough evidence. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, opening. And I guess where we're just looking at. Right. And we're just looking at Luthie Harris's case. And that's that's an important piece to remember there because they're not going to be able to convict on every one of these. There's no way. No. And and I, you know, I guess Mary, there's Mary Bartell as well, if they go after him for her assault or attempted murder or whatever they're going to call it, mm-hmm. if they need to, I think, I think that's not what they're going for. They want to right. be able to do, you know, get him on a couple of murder mm-hmm. charges that are an automatic life sentence so that he can just never leave prison. Yeah. So heading into trial, we have 18 for sure, families, maybe 24 families that are involved, you know, who yeah. whose mother, elderly mother, grandmother, great grandmother was murdered by this guy. So there's a lot of emotion here. There's a lot of families keeping an eye on it. It sounds like they are allowing some family into the courtroom, you know, and and some family are, you know, some people not, you know, courtrooms are still very limited because of COVID, but Mm-hmm. Uh, some family, it sounds like, will be allowed to actually be in the physical courtroom uh, during yeah. this uh, event. And, of course, it's going to be streamed. So here's what we're going to do. We will, uh, if you guys can hear that, <laughs> there's a chihuahua screaming and bawling outside my office door for his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can hear him. That's the old yeah. line guy, huh? Yeah, it's my little old line guy. He, I thought I had him corralled in the living room, but he's found a way out, so... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry he's fine this is just what he does at dinner time and breakfast time and if he gets lost in the bathroom but i digress <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a million years old and you know this is just this is how we live anyway <laughs> but what we're going to do we're not going to live stream the entire trial it's just too much what we yeah. will do is keep a daily eye on it we'll do some tiktok updates we'll do some pop-ups over on YouTube and on uh, the podcast. We'll just keep you guys abreast. And and of course, you know, if you're interested in this case, go watch it. It'll be streamed. Go find it on YouTube. Uh, I'm interested in the opening statements. I'm interested in the witness Mm. list. I am interested in any uh, preclusions from the uh, judge, anything we're not allowed Mm. to have in here, anything we're not allowed to say or do, or, you know, is it going to go full Rittenhouse or... Not, you know, I'm guessing mm-hmm. not, but uh, yeah. And then I want to know, uh, you know, the basics of what are said. And then we really want to be present for the rulings and the sentencing. Yes. So that's, that's where my thought Absolutely. process is. And then we're going to see where the lawsuits go, because there are going to be a lot of lawsuits out of this case. There's already a bunch of them, a bunch of yes. lawsuits that have been and that's filed. Against Preston Wood, tradition Preston Wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And and even more there. probably if he's convicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some serious ammunition right there. Oh, yeah. It's going to get thick. You know what? I would, too, if I were one of those families. Oh, I would, my too. Goodness, yes. My God. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, that is it. That is our Monday case. So we're going to be back tomorrow with a look at the Ahmad Arbery case. Uh, that yes. is also at trial right now. Yes. 
Yes, yes. And then we'll be back Wednesday with another new case. We'll be back Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time for case updates, where we update all of the cases that we are tracking. And there's all kinds yeah. of stuff afoot, so we'll be there for that. And yes. then, uh, of course, we will be back on Thursday night for the Psychic Hour at 7 p.m. Mountain Time and some pop-ups this weekend. So a big week ahead. Uh, thanks, you guys, so much for being here with us. Of course, like, share, subscribe, you know the ropes, all the stuff. Yeah. And if you want more content from us that's exclusive, go find us on Patreon. It is yes. uh, a few extra bucks a month, and you'll get a little extra content from us that uh, doesn't usually go out to the public. Uh, we have a... <laughs> We have a, sto a story coming out this week on uh, Patreon that we really couldn't put anywhere else because it's just, it's really for really true crime, diehard true crimers that can handle the uh, the worst stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's super disturbing content. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if, if that's uh, how deep you are into true crime, come follow us on Patreon. We'll give you some of the, the hard hitting stuff that we don't dare do anywhere else because, you know, we don't like our accounts getting banned. <laughs> No, we don't. No, we do not. Yeah. All righty, guys. Thanks so much for being here. This has been yet another production of True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Oh.